American released by Hamas bought Hunter Biden's art. Now, I'm sure that that is an absolute coincidence. Joe Biden and his administration, writes Town Hall, are taking some victory laps for being at the forefront of the current pause in the Israel, uh, Israel-Hamas war. Israeli forces have already cut the strip in two, uh, slowly eradicating Hamas's influence in Gaza City, which they surrounded days ago. Still, the 200-plus hostages that were taken on October 7th remained a pressing matter. So the Israelis opted to do the hostage-for-terrorist swap, wherein for every dozen or so hostages that Hamas releases, increasing the duration of the ceasefire. The problem is that, uh, A, Qatar has also been reportedly instrumental in keeping the ceasefire agreement intact, and B, Biden did not secure the release of any American hostages until now, and it's someone whose family reportedly bought Hunter Biden's art. Well, I guess, you know, any confusion we had as to why Hunter Biden's art was worth so much money is getting cleared up for us, aren't we? Here's the story about the release of four-year-old Abigail Moore Eden via CBS News. Abigail Moore Eden, the youngest U.S. citizen held by Hamas, was among the group of hostages released back to Israel on Sunday. Both President Biden and the Israeli military confirmed Abigail, whose parents were killed in Hamas's terrorist attack on Israel, turned four years old last week while in captivity. She was kidnapped, taken to the Palestinian enclave during the deadly rampage along with an estimated 240 others, according to officials. Biden spoke about her. Abigail's great-aunt, Liz Hirsch Naftali, and her cousin, Neo Naftali, said in a statement Sunday, we hoped and prayed today would come. There are no words to express our relief and gratitude that Abigail is safe and coming home. The reported art connection Um is that apparently the great aunt, one of them that is referenced as commenting, was an individual who purchased some of Hunter Biden's art and was also appointed by Joe Biden to the U.S. Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad. Benjamin Weingarten posted information about this following up with an addendum, noting the timeline's not clear as to when the art was bought versus when she was appointed by Joe Biden to the commission. Uh, Hunter's former business associate, Eric Shorwin, was tabbed for the commission previously by President Obama. And then this gal came along. And so, you know, who who chicken or egg situation there with the appointment did she pay then get the appointment or did she get the appointment and then subsequently buy the art uh for what most people recognize as massively inflated prices now this uh, of course is somewhat of a sticky situation because on one hand uh, it could be a total coincidence 
I mean, what a coincidence it is. And arguably, it's one of the reasons you probably should not have the president of the United States' son, who is not an artist, selling art to people oftentimes without any transparency for upwards of half a million dollars. Because people are already suspect that this is payoff stuff, that you're purchasing access. When you are a president that has been defined by dozens of bank accounts, dozens of LLCs, money that, while running for president, you denied ever flow to any family members. Now we know to the tune of tens of billions of dollars, individuals that would subsequently be rewarded, whether it was connected to the money or not. Of course, we don't have an official ledger noting that. What we have is common sense. They were buying something. When you have crafted those relationships and then your son, who is not an artist, begins selling art for insane amounts of money, you can't blame people for wondering if this is yet another purchasing relationship, purchasing access purchasing favors and when the first american that is freed is the relative of someone who purchased a painting from hunter biden of course as a human being particularly given that we're talking about a four or five year old girl you don't begrudge the fact that this girl is released and frankly i don't think most human beings would hold ill will towards family members if they did quid pro quo. I'm paying for acts, and it turns out, I mean, that this was the reward, this was the benefit. Obviously, not something that they knew was going to occur, but if you're purchasing access, you're purchasing it, it's like a gift card, right? It's not necessarily for a very specific situation, though it may be, but you're also, you're just purchasing favor, you know, like in the mafia, oh, I do you a favor, um, uh, well, now you're going to do me one. Well, what is it? Well, when the time comes, I'll let you know. You're purchasing the, the, the gift card. I don't begrudge a person that does anything and everything they can. And that includes saying, Hey, you remember we bought this art, you know, let's let's cut to the chase here. We all know what we were doing. We're buying access and let's use it. Or even going so far as to saying, and if you don't make sure that our niece is the first one out, then we'll start giving interviews about why we were purchasing that art. I wouldn't blame them for that. But what of the people who haven't? had the benefit of purchasing art from the Biden family? What of the people that don't have the connections to purchase some some of that art, that don't have the resources to purchase some of that art? What do you say to those families? Sorry. Oops. Would you like to buy some art now? Only this administration 
Could you even begin to conceive that possibly this scenario would end up being in the mix of this situation? That I, What are the odds? The family that is synonymous with buyouts, payoffs, bribes. The first American out, apparently, according to reports, had relatives that bought art from Hunter Biden. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Latest news update. Good morning, everyone. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. A man from Neosho accused of robbing two general stores at gunpoint is now facing criminal charges. According to the sheriff's office, Richard Hatfield is charged with two counts of first-degree armed robbery after leading police on a chase and manhunt last week. Hatfield remains jailed on a quarter-million-dollar bond. Hatfield is also facing charges of attempted armed robbery and resisting arrest. A jury trial is scheduled for the man accused of leaving a baby unattended in the bathtub, resulting in the child's death. In August, West Plains officers responded to a call that a six-month-old girl was not breathing. Levi Koffel told officers he left the child unattended in the bath while he went to grab a diaper bag. Officers also discovered Koffel was under the influence of alcohol. His jury trial is set for September of next year. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. First alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements from Color 10 Fox 49. Meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sunshine 47 today, clear 33 tonight. Bit warmer with sunshine tomorrow, high of 59. All right, Sarah Myers. Thank you. Well, tis the season for that holiday travel. And if you are making plans to hit the open road in the next several weeks, right now, it's a great time to secure a short-term rental with Avis, the car rental company. And while you're doing that, I recommend checking out their long-term rental program, especially if you are looking to purchase a new vehicle in the near future. Now, long-term rentals, they allow you to test drive vehicles for a longer period without any commitment. And the best part is, There is no vehicle maintenance fees. There's no trips to the DMV. And like I mentioned, if you get into a vehicle that you realize it's just not working out for you, you can swap out vehicles every couple of months if you wish to do so. Now, if you want more information on the long-term rental programs, just swing by the Avis store. It's located here in Springfield off of Fort and Sunshine and ask for Lauren. And of course, you can find all of the contact information for Avis under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com. Bernie Sanders said Monday to CBS News that Israel does not have the right to, quote, kill 12,000 people in six, seven weeks. This is straight up Hamas terrorist talking points. Now, of course, there are a lot of questions just out of the gate when a statement like this is made that if you're genuinely trying to explore a perspective of somebody like Bernie Sanders. And if you want to determine whether or not he's just regurgitating the talking points of Hamas, ask, well, what is the right amount then? Because clearly Bernie Sanders has in his uh, mind, there is a certain amount of people. uh, There's a limit. I mean, we know that he, according to him, Israel doesn't, in his words, have the right to kill 12,000 people in six, seven weeks. Okay. So what is the number? How, How is that determined? Is it tit for tat? Is there some sort of tally where, okay, Hamas killed this many, so that's how many you're allowed to kill, and you just do that until there's zero on both sides, or whichever population has the larger population by default wins? 
the 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 lack of requiring any sort of rationale for making such statements. Why tw- why is ten thousand enough, or twelve thousand over six months? If you, Bernie Sanders, are the great arbiter of such things. You are the great decider as to the amount of people that, according to you, it is okay to kill while defending yourself from terrorist attacks. What is that number and over what period of time? Now, of course, there is no answer for that because this is simply the talking points of Hamas. And by the way, this is this the number of the 12,000 is no different than when the media and when some elected officials like Ilan Omar were out there peddling false information about Israel hitting a hospital, killing 500 sick women and children. That, of course, was so demonstrably untrue that the media had to pretend as if they were really going to try to do better and not take Hamas at their word, only to immediately begin using numbers that come straight from Hamas. Alan Dershowitz in the Daily Caller explains these numbers. And this is very important to understand because, again, the media, they simply throw out these numbers that they're given by the terrorists. Dershowitz writes that when a hostage, when a hostage is accidentally killed by a soldier or a policeman who is trying to kill the hostage taker, Who is guilty of murder? That's the question to understand as the press gets it wrong in Gaza. The New York Times has published a distorted and internally inconsistent analysis of casualties allegedly inflicted by Israel on civilians in Gaza. Under a headline about civilians killed in Israel, they cite the total number of deaths reported by the Hamas-controlled Gaza health authorities as gospel, and then hide a one-sentence disclaimer that these Hamas-generated figures do not even purport to separate the deaths of civilians and combatants. In other words, Hamas themselves acknowledge, when they're providing these numbers that the left uses, some of those are terrorists. Nor do they identify how many of those who they count as civilians are actually Hamas collaborators who allow their homes to be used to hide rockets, tunnels, or terrorists. They seek to justify these glaring omissions by uncritically repeating the undocumented and absurd Hamas claims that more than 10,000 of the 12,000 total of Gaza's alleged killed are women and children again failing to distinguish between these two very different categories or to indicate how many of the children are 14, 15, 16, or 17-year-old Hamas child soldiers and terrorists themselves. Nor does the New York Times separate out the many Gazans who have been killed by misfired terrorist rockets launched from Gaza at Israeli targets, as many as 15 to 20 percent of Hamas-launched rockets land in Gaza. Most significantly, 
The figures cited by the Times do not identify the number of Hamas human shields who are deliberately placed in harm's way by Hamas commanders and terrorists. Every one of these human shields killed are the legal, moral, and political responsibility of Hamas, not Israel. The law, by the way, is clear. When a hostage is accidentally killed by a soldier or a policeman who is trying to kill the hostage taker, it is the hostage taker, not the soldier or policeman, who is guilty of the murder. Even though the bullet that killed the hostage was fired by the innocent soldier or policeman, the same is true of the use of human shields. Those who placed the shield in harm's way are guilty, not those who were trying to kill the combatants. In order to claim that the civilian casualties in Gaza are greater than in us other recent wars, the New York Times focuses on the Russian-Ukraine conflict, but there's no valid comparison. It's oranges and bicycles. The Russians have been deliberately targeting Ukrainian civilians. Ukrainian soldiers, however, are not hiding amongst civilians. Ukrainian leaders are not using their own civilians as human shields. Every Ukrainian civilian killed by Russian weapons is the fault of Russia alone. The same is true of civilian casualties in other wars cited by the Times erroneously. No group in the history of modern warfare has used human shields as extensively and deliberately as Hamas. In a highly misleading, therefore, or it is rather highly misleading, therefore, to compare the number of civilian deaths among human shields in Gaza with the number of civilian deaths in other wars in which human shields were not used at all or were used sparingly. The fact that the Times would offer such absurd and irrelevant comparisons reflect its extreme bias against Israel and, along with its other examples of journalistic malpractice, discredits its entire deeply flawed analysis. And by the way, this should come as no surprise because the history of the New York Times is one that was of Holocaust denialism, downplaying the Nazis. This is just this is legacy for the New York Times. The sad reality not reported by the Times is that Hamas actually wants Israel to kill people who appear to be civilians precisely to encourage the press to do what the Times is doing, blame Israel for every death, especially among children and women. And that is exactly what people like Bernie Sanders are doing as well. They are acting as a propaganda piece. They are spreading propaganda for Hamas. This is part of what Hamas itself, do you know what they call this strategy? The CNN strategy. A strategy it has been successfully pursuing for years. It is as simple as it is cynical. Begin by murdering as many Israeli civilians as possible, firing rockets, using terror tunnels, and crossing the fences was done on October 7th. Then Hamas hides the rockets, tunnels, and terrorists among civilians knowing that Israel will have to try to prevent recurrence by attacking the military targets that are hiding behind human shields. Parade the dead human shields, especially children, in front of the press and expect the world to blame those deaths on Israel, which, again, that's what so many Democrats, the media, are doing. And then repeat the strategy again and again, as long as the media cooperates by uncritically playing its assigned role. 
In light of the false and prejudicial reporting by the Times, this deadly strategy can be given a new name instead of the CNN strategy, as it's labeled by Hamas, the New York Times strategy could be the new name. And I would go so far as to say just the the media strategy in general. By distorting and misreporting the number of actual innocent civilians whose death are the fault of Israel, the Times and other press play into the hands of Hamas and encourage it and other terrorist groups to expand the use of human shields and to increase the number of civilians, both Palestinian and Israeli, who are killed as part of this deadly but successful strategy. And I think that's the part that gets overlooked. Is that, yes, the media... And numerous Democrats and these protesters on college campuses, all of these ceasefire now people, they are playing their part for Hamas. They are doing what Hamas wants them to do. Many of them, I think, naively do it because they think, oh, this is going to stop the killing. All it does is allow entities like Hamas to expand not only their existence and their relevance, but their killing. So in yet another situation that we see, which is standard for the left, the very people they claim that they are trying to help and save, virtue signaling that they're the ones who care about innocent civilian deaths, they're actually expanding the death count by acting as a an information weapon of Hamas. And it is, to me, just about as vile as it can be to have people in the media and people like Bernie Sanders and others knowingly use talking points from Hamas in order to criticize Israel. No better allies they have than people like Bernie Sanders and the New York Times and these other media outlets. Springfield's Talk 1041. i I'm Nick Reed. You marry the home, you date the interest rate. You know, and even marrying a home, people do get divorced. But the point being, and this is something that we hear from the characters, that if you are holding off on purchasing a home because the interest rates are high, you can refinance down the road. So if we get some fiscal responsibility in these con- in this country, you know, slow the spending down, maybe even cut it, God forbid, stop printing money, and someone gets in the White House that reverses course from the current administration and interest rates start to come down, become less punishing for the average American, then you can refinance at that lower rate. And here's another thing, and Emily Johnson and and the characters have all talked about this, is that while you're waiting, a lot of other people are as well. And so what we're going to deal with, if that time does come eventually, where those interest rates do come down, people who have been on the sidelines are going to rush the field, and then you're going to have a supply and demand issue on our hands once again. Is it the right time for you? Well, that is ultimately the decision for you to make based off the information that you can get from the characters at IWantAGreatHomeLoan.com because you do. The first alert forecast from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunny 47 for a high today. Tonight clear 33, sunshine 59 tomorrow. There is a uh, a video that is circulating around the Internet, and it is uh, former President Bill Clinton back in 2016 
at an event, I believe in New Jersey, and it is a clip of him talking about Hamas, talking about his presidency and and all of these things, these demands that left-wing activists are marching through the streets and blocking roads and, and occupying college campuses, all of these things that they demand are things that were offered to Hamas during the Clinton years, and they turned it down. Now, this, of course, is circulating at this time because of the truthfulness that is here. And Bill Clinton, for those of you that don't remember, he was a Democrat president. And I will say of Clinton... He wasn't as nutty left wing as the Obamas and as the as as Biden has proven to be as president. Anyhow, while Clinton did have a lot of left leanings when he recognized that things were not going in the right direction, he was smart enough to pivot. Uh, this this happened on a number of occasions. In fact, after the the massive losses to Democrats during Bill Clinton's first term, he ended up negotiating with Newt Gingrich, and and there was the contract with America, and there was welfare reform. There were a lot of things that the left wing of the Democrat Party were very unhappy that Bill Clinton gave in on. He also, after dealing with the issue of the Palestinians and offering everything under the sun, everything that today they claim they want, and they rejected it, he realized, okay, they don't want what they say. What they really want is what they do say, and that is the the total elimination of the Jews in Israel. And so because Clinton here, as a Democrat who has dealt with this situation in the past as president, is speaking to reality here in the face of a Democrat party led by Biden that is living in la-la land, this is circulating on social media. And and, uh, Katie Pavlich of uh, townhall.com, she has a piece surrounding this. And here's the audio that is posted along with that back in 2016, former President Clinton on this issue. on whether you care what happens to the Palestinians as opposed to the Hamas government and the people with guided missiles. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. No, wait a minute. Yes, they were. And Hamas is really smart. When they decide to rocket Israel, they insinuate themselves in the hospitals, in the schools, in the highly populous areas, and they are smart. So they try. So they wait, wait, wait. They, so they try to put the Israelis in a position of either not defending themselves or killing innocents. They're good at it. They're smart. They've been doing this a long time. Look, I don't agree. I killed myself to give the Palestinians a state. I had a deal they turned down that would have given them all of Gaza. Wait, wait. All of Gaza. Between 96 and 97 percent of the West Bank, compensating land in Israel, you name it. All right. So as he noted, everything they claim they want. And 
This is an acknowledgement to the lack of actual education that happens in our schools, particularly universities, because I can all but guarantee you these left-wing protesters that are students in these college campuses all across this country that are protesting for the very things that Hamas once turned down have no idea that all of that was once offered and it was turned down by Hamas. They probably have no idea. And many of them probably have courses that cover Middle Eastern politics. Does anyone notice something else that um, three times, three times in that one minute bit of of, uh, Bill Clinton speaking that I just aired, what happened? Three different times talking about Hamas. He called them smart. Now, I wonder if Democrats are going to take to with the recirculation of Bill Clinton calling Hamas smart three separate times in that 60 second clip. If we are going to hear the Joe Scarboroughs, if we're going to hear the Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre's from the White House, if we're going to hear in unison. Hand wringing over former President Bill Clinton complimenting terrorists. I mean, this is what happens whenever Donald Trump notes that the way that they operate is in a smart way. And we've talked about this before. They they are clearly smarter in fighting this battle than we are. They constantly are crafting the upper hand based off their understanding of how we are going to react, as opposed to the willful decision for us to go in with blinders on and refuse to acknowledge what it is that they actually want. They are the smart ones in this battle. And when Trump says it, of course, you have all of these morning shows on television and you have all of these people that, you know, just wring their hands over, my God, this is so disturbing. This man wants to be president and he's complimenting terrorists. Editorials written about the macabre nature of of, uh, anyone who would who would compliment them. Oh, he said it about Putin once. He said it about Hamas. Now, I have, many of you recognize, noted that the worst thing that you can do when facing opposition is deny their strengths, is to pretend that they don't exist. It's one of the smartest things that you can do, of course. When you have opposition, it is to figure out what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, what are their advantages, If they are cunning, you figure out, you recognize their cunning and figure out their cunning nature. You figure it out. You unpackage their approach. This is where, why Trump succeeded on so many different levels with so many different foreign leaders, particularly adversaries, because he was smart in that way. He understood that you have to understand and recognize the strengths as well as the weaknesses of your opposition. But when he does that, they act as if he's just, he just, what, he's got this weird affection for terrorists and dictators. He says these wonderful things. He compliments them. All right. Well, here's former President Bill Clinton in 60 seconds, three times noting that Hamas is smart. Are we going to hear the same 
crying from the media over this? Will we see the editorials about how damaging it is to have a former president of the United States? Because now we have both a Republican and Democrat former president that are both publicly recognizing that there is a level of intelligence, smartness, in the way that Hamas is operating. Or is it more about Trump is evil? And so we won't hear these same criticisms of former President Clinton. I think most of us know the answer here. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Sarah Meyer. Thank you. Well, your home is probably the largest investment that you will make, so it is important to protect it the best you can. And many of you right now probably don't need a roofing company, but when an unexpected roof repair pops up, it is important to have someone in your corner that you can rely on. And that's why I recommend Josh and his team over at the Pyramid Roofing Company. And typically, whenever you think about getting a new roof or a roof repair, it's kind of a headache, but not with the Pyramid Roofing Company because they make the process as smooth as possible. Um, From what type of repair you need to material, to type of colors, uh, to preparation, to the inside and the outside of your home, the Pyramid team, they walk through the process with you every step of the way. And right now is a great time to go ahead and schedule a roof inspection to make sure that your roof is ready to tackle winter. Plus, it gives you a little peace of mind. Now, you can find all of the contact information for Josh and the Pyramid Roofing Company under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at KSGF.com. Speaking of Joe Scarborough, the previous segment was referencing that when Trump would recognize, as he did uh, just several weeks ago, that in how they operate Hamas, they know what they're doing is smart. And the media... And Democrats trip over themselves, portraying Trump as a lover of dictators and a supporter, providing moral support to Hamas because he complimented them. I just played audio of Bill Clinton within 60 seconds, three times talking about how Hamas operates and using the word smart to describe them three times. Now, I assume Joe Scarborough and others will not give him the same treatment or act as if that is such a damaging thing to do when it's a Democrat who has done it because they live in a world of make-believe. To further illustrate that, yesterday, Joe Scarborough, MSNBC, said that if Joe Biden were not president, the world would spiral into World War III. Uh, Is that, I'm sorry, is that not what's happening? The uh, it's they're, they're delusional. Scarborough, and of course, he's having this exchange with an individual who is continuing to solidify herself on a national stage, frankly, as one of the dumbest people. And that's Clara McCaskill. She is beginning to get recognition beyond Missouri as one of the stupidest women to be invited on. Tel- In fact, The perception that she has over the last year plus crafted for herself is that she would fit in perfectly on the view that that is the level of her intelligence, which is a vacuum of intelligence. 
Scarborough says, quote, Claire, I'm so glad you talked about marketing because the crisis we're in uh, that we're going through right now where the world could really spiral into World War III, but it's not because a guy who actually had 50 years of experience. It shows the contrast between a guy obsessed with marketing his brand, a guy obsessed with gestures, a guy who governed by gestures versus, well, Joe Biden, who has 50 years of experience. And when a deal goes sideways on the hostages, he can pick up the phone, he can call, he can get it done. Well, for somebody who bought one of his son's uh, paintings, apparently. Now, the... you you don't even hardly know how to respond to the level. I don't. What's the word? Stupidity isn't the word. Ignorance isn't the word. It's delusional. He's he's talking about Trump and the difference between Joe uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden is. You know, Trump is just all about gestures and meaningless. Couldn't get anything done, but. Boy, when Joe Biden has a deal that gets screwed up, he can pick up the phone and get something done. And thank goodness we don't have somebody like Trump in there. I mean, this thing could turn into World War III. We had Trump as president. Guess what happened? The greatest advancement towards peace within a four-year period that most of us have seen in our lifetimes. By the way, North Korea, last week, South Korea is reporting that that North Korea, after the announcement of a satellite launch into space successfully, though, whether it's actually functioning or not, we don't know. But this is part of the renewed ally or the, the allied ship between North Korea and Russia, because it's one of the brilliant, thank God, Joe Biden is president, uh, relationships that his presidency has created. And that is an allyship between China and Iran, China and Russia, Russia, and North Korea. I mean, these are fantastic relationships that have occurred since Biden has been president, while Trump did the opposite. And South Korea announced that in addition to that satellite, North Korea, that they have they are rebuilding um, watch posts that had been taken down as things became more peaceful. We had Trump as president. We saw a North Korea that was the most tame it had been in decades. A North Korea that stopped its nuclear testing. A North Korea that stopped firing intercontinental ballistic missiles towards the United States. We saw a Russia that stopped invasions. They had already, during the Bush years, invaded Georgia. During the Obama years, invaded Ukraine by way of the Crimean Peninsula. Then Trump becomes president. Lo and behold, it stops. Biden becomes president and it's back on. Afghanistan, 17 months without a single American troop harmed by the Taliban. We go from that to the country being handed over to the Taliban. We go from what the world said could never occur, John Kerry specifically, mocking the idea that the Trump administration could facilitate peace deals between Israel and other Middle Eastern countries. John Kerry's argument was, as he articulated it while mocking Trump's approach, was that there is no way any country in the Middle East would ever sign an agreement with Israel 
unilaterally. They would always go through the Palestinians. The Abraham Accords, not just one, not just two, not just three, but on the way to four. The fourth, widely expected and acknowledged to be Saudi Arabia, which now that Biden is, you know, everything is panned out the way it has under the Biden administration's approach. The the Saudis have reversed course on that, moved further away. Hilariously, Biden is trying to claim that the reason that Hamas has been fighting back is because he was on the verge of creating a peace deal between Saudi Arabia and Israel, something that was on the verge of occurring until Biden became president. This absurd, delusional talk about, well, thank goodness Trump isn't president. We saw what happens when Trump is president. And we see what happens, and this is the other side of the delusion coin, with Biden. Well, thank goodness he's in charge. Otherwise, things might get messy. Oh, yes. North Korea once again misbehaving. Russia once again invading countries. Iran once again marching towards nuclear capabilities, not to mention using the money that Biden has given them access to in order to fund a terrorist attack on Israel. Peace accords falling apart. Thank goodness the adults are back in charge. Thank goodness Joe Biden is in charge. This is what people like Joe Scarborough and that embarrassment of a human being, Claire McCaskill, this is the world that they live in. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed. Prior to the additional funding the Biden administration provided to Iran so that they could help fund the terrorist attack against Israel, funding that, by the way, we continue, knowing what we know. No one's hiding what they're doing. Iran, oh, yeah, we're, you know, this is, uh, this is us. And Biden decided to extend the lifting of sanctions on Iran, not apply sanctions. But the sanctions that were put there by the Trump administration extend the lifting of those, uh, those, uh, um, you know, the the cutting off of the the flow of dollars, opening the tap back up. And I recall with the invasion of Russia, as do so many of you. Thank goodness Trump isn't president because boy, he just would not be able to handle this. Uh, Trump was president, and there was no invasion. That was not an accident. What a world these people live in. This is frankly what happens when Congressman Burleson mentioned hive mentality, and that's what you do get with these people. Total hive mentality. You add in the ingredient of of the delusion of elitism. I mean, they are elite, but they think that they've earned that elitism. And the arrogance and the narcissism, and they can sit around and talk to each other in an echo chamber about a a a world that is one hundred percent the opposite of what is actually going on in reality. Biden, thank goodness he's president. I mean, the economy's doing wonderful. The border's secure. Oh, we got things handled over there in the Middle East. Yep. Oh, NATO is all together. Oh, everything's going wonderful. Thank goodness. Like, what are you talking about? When I was in the first hour just noting that over the last several decades, we have de- begun devolving as, as a human race. This is an example of that. 
What an embarrassing time for intellectualism. News in 60 seconds. I'm Nick Reed.